Shift Talks. Today there's going to be two of us hosting, me Abby and me Grace. And today we're going to be talking about the phenomenon of faux freckles. But it's not just the makeup trends we've seen. Instead we're going to be looking at cosmetic tattooing and faux freckles being tattooed onto the skin. And we've got two guests that are going to be talking to us about us who are experts in the field. They are. So we're going to be joined by Dana Deptra of London Blue Ladies Tattoo and she is based just down the road in Angel. And then we're also going to be joined by Daisy Foxglove who is from Panther Cosmetic Tattoo in Brisbane. All the way across the globe. First up, we've got Dana Deptra. to cosmetic tattooing and permanent makeup and um, how did you get into it? Okay so I've been I've always been into tattoos right as you can tell. 20 years ago I moved here and um, I've been working in restaurants for a long time and I just thought what can I do with my life again you know what I mean career mm-hmm. change years old and, um, and I thought well what if I tattoo again? But, you know, in 20 years, tattooing's changed a lot. And I wanted to specialize in something. And I knew that microblading was quite popular at the time. So I thought, why don't I try that out? So is the training process different to normal tattooing? Very. Yeah, it's very different. So um, I actually work in a tattoo shop now. And a lot of people come in and... And, and ask about this actually, because it's such an unregulated industry. Um, now I do a lot of removals as well. And that usually means because they've gone to an inexperienced artist. Um, and basically the training process for a tattooist would mean years of, of, of learning, you know, going through an apprenticeship, working in a shop under a mentor, constantly learning new, you know, new techniques and everything about it. Permanent makeup is completely different where basically anyone that has a few thousand pounds can go for a weekend course and get a certificate. And that is one of the reasons why you see so many botched jobs. What are like the benefits, would you say, of permanent makeup and cosmetic tattooing? It's amazing. It can be a life changer for some people. So sometimes people come in and, you know, if you've lived through the 80s, you know, you're a victim of overplucking your eyebrows. They don't come back, you know. And so a lot of women, you know, and especially now because eyebrows are much, you know, they're in the in the spotlight in fashion, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and because they don't have them, they they might have poor like poor self-esteem. Um, and they come in and they'll get their eyebrows tattooed and they feel like a million dollars afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had maybe um, she's come in and she told me that she went to somebody's birthday party, like a 50th birthday party, and she's going through the menopause. And so when she gets these hot flashes, you know, she sweats. And mm-hmm. she said the entire night she was taking photographs with one eyebrow. For her, it was absolutely life changing. You didn't have to think about it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to touch your makeup. And, you know, when it's done correctly, it can really just give you so much self-esteem because, you know, all of these little details in your face, nobody, nobody notices them but you. When you feel good about yourself is when you truly feel beautiful. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, the benefits are, are increasing the, you know, the, the self-esteem, but it's also quite practical for a lot of people. Do you think there is a risk of, because eyebrows are going in and out of trend, we've seen it happen. Do you think it will happen again? Yeah. And what do you think the issue is there? I think there's always a risk of trends changing. Um, And with that being said, I do have a few clients right now that are going through the process of removal. 
Um, normally when I tattoo eyebrows, I, I try to stay as natural as possible because in the end of the day that, you know, you can always put makeup on over that if you want it to change. Mm -hmm. But what happens is a lot of the times people come in and they want something that's not very natural. For example, they'll take the tail off and then they'll tattoo a different tail to make it look like their arches are higher. It's not very good because, you know, you just have to maintain it forever, basically. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, the styles will change. And I think that if you try to stick to the natural hairline, you really can't go wrong. But mm -hmm. even in that case, if somebody does want to change it, you can always go through removal. Are there any kind of procedures or cosmetic tattoos that you wouldn't personally do yourself or like you wouldn't do for other people? Lots. So yeah, there's, there's always a few trends, right? There's always something that you see on Instagram and you just think, oh my God, why? Mm -hmm. So just because you can do it, shouldn't it doesn't mean you should do it. So for example, under eye concealer, like a lot of people would think that that would work well, but it doesn't. Um, stuff like blush, you know, adding pink mm. to the cheek. And I think what a lot of people forget is that it's a tattoo, you know, it's not, it's not you know, makeup. Um, but on the other hand, there are things that I'm willing to do that other artists may not. Mm -hmm. So for example, if somebody comes in, I mean, you, as you can see, you know, I've got a lot of tattoos and I kind of live that alternative lifestyle. And a lot of artists in this industry are not prepared to do any kind of alternative eyebrow shapes, which yeah. I will. So for example, you come in, you're goth, you're wearing lots of black and you say, look, I want Bride of Frankenstein eyes, uh, eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Most artists won't do that. And you come to me, most likely I will. You know, if you've lived with your eyebrows like that for the last 15 years and that's how you want to get them tattooed, I'll do it. Yeah, because I suppose that's completely different to a trend, isn't it? That's a personal exactly. style choice. So exactly. do, you, um, do you have like long conversations with your clients about if they are going to do like a kind of alternative eyebrow? Um, do you have those conversations with your clients? Of course. Yeah. I mean, look, in the end of the day, it is a tattoo, you know, yeah. and I always have to let them know what to expect down the line. Um, one of the other things that I don't do is um, eyeliner wing. Like if you can see mine, yeah. how far I would never tattoo that. And the reason being is because it's going to be there for a very long time. And as you age, your eyes will change. So mm -hmm. those start a little. And so that wing, that nice wing that goes up, starts to kind of go down, down. Um, and so you always have to have that conversation with people to let them know what to expect. Um, why do you think that people are enjoying cosmetic tattooing again now? Because it had quite a bad stigma for a while, um, perhaps just to people not being properly trained. But why do you think that it's, you know, come into the forefront now? Why is there a resurgence of it? I don't know. I think there's a few reasons. In today's society, everybody wants to look good. You know, selfies you know, self, the amount of selfies that are taken on a daily basis, we didn't have this 20 years ago. Um, and the fact that everybody wants to document, document every aspect of their life, they're always taking photographs of themselves. And again, it's just that kind of practical, you know, you don't have to look in the mirror before you take a, a photograph. I think because the benefits are so great and because there are so many people doing it now, it's, it's very normalized. You know, whereas like a bunch of years ago, it might have been a really scary thing for people to get their faces tattooed because this is mm -hmm. essentially getting your face tattooed, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like everybody has it now. So it's like it can't be that bad, right? So is the healing process 
similar to that of a tattoo or is it completely different like do you have is there a different kind of route of care it's very similar however it can be a bit strange so let's talk about eyebrows specifically because it's always one that freaks people out so when you get your eyebrows tattooed you'll you'll be a little bit red a little bit puffy feels like a bad sunburn on the day um it's not too bad but then when you go home the next day or the day after you might wake up and they're going to be really dark and they're going to look really big because they're swollen, you know, and you might even look in the mirror and go, oh, my God, what did I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then after a few days, they're going to say, oh, my God, they're so big. They're dark. They're thick. What did I do? And then a few days later, the scabs fall off and it looks like your eyebrows are falling off. <laughs> There's hardly any color underneath it. Um, and so you get these frantic phone calls like, Dana, my eyebrows have fallen off. And I'm like, did you read the aftercare instructions? I have these like little emojis like on this little card as to like what to expect during the healing process. Because when you get a tattoo, it's like what you see is what you get. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, it'll scab up a little bit, but it doesn't go through that many major changes. Whereas on the face, it can literally look like it falls off. But then within a few weeks, it comes back and then the, it's it's a lot softer yeah. so everything like you know the lips will look like a bit of a lip stain like it doesn't look like a matte lipstick you know eyebrows will soften up look like a little bit of a powder or a hair stroke um and eyeliner does the same yeah it kind of makes sense because like with fine line tattoos as well I like on mine when it's healed it kind of looks like there's nothing there and I'm panicking like I'm gonna have to get it done but then after a while it kind of resurfaces and I suppose it's that really thin um, tattooing that's the same process for eyebrows as well yeah and and you know when when you go through the healing process you know to get to that dermal layer of skin we have to go through the epidermis now when the scabbing comes off that's mm -hmm. basically what's coming off and then you have this kind of like milky opaque kind of layer of skin that's healing you know yeah. and until it heals it kind of hides the pigment below it you see what yeah. i mean it's kind of strange but yeah it ends up it does come back it's just not like a tattoo. Mm -hmm. Do you think you see more people who regret having um, like cosmetic tattoos or normal tattoos? What do you think is like the most regretted? Hard to say because I work in a shop that, so I do, I do small body tattoos, but I, I specialize in, in permanent makeup, cosmetic tattooing. Now, because I do removals as well, I do more removals than anything. Like it's crazy. Like today I've got six removals booked in, wow. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not uncommon. And the tattoo shop that I work in, we also specialize in cover-ups. So okay. it's not people wanting to get them removed or anything, but again, that tattoo regret. So it's really difficult to judge because if I worked in a different shop that didn't specialize in cover-ups, I may, you may not have all of those customers with that tattoo regret. Yeah. I really can't say. I have a lot of girls that sit in my chair that definitely regret doing what they did. And it's a big shame as well, because as I mentioned earlier, that when you get good permanent makeup, it can be so amazing. Yeah. When it's deadly, that self-confidence just goes through the floor. I, got, I had one, she wouldn't let her boyfriend come home for over a week. That's such a shame. So do you have any like advice for people who are considering getting permanent makeup or cosmetic tattoos? What's your advice yeah. to them? Yes. And you know, in the beginning, when I started doing when I started doing removals, um, I used to try to really give advice all the time. And the biggest word of advice is really do research. Choose an artist based off of the work that they do. 
rather than their price, rather than their location. When, when a lot of girls are looking at this or a lot of people in general, they don't realize that it's a, a tattoo. They think it's a beauty treatment. And because there's this myth of the semi-permanent makeup, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't take it as seriously as they should mm-hmm. because essentially it is a tattoo on the face. And in most cases, I was gonna say in most cases, it doesn't fade out. A lot of cases it will, but there are some that they will have it forever. And it's really important that they choose the artist based on that because if you do get somebody that gives you a botched job, it's very difficult to remove it. So Dana was able to give us a lot of insight and advice into cosmetic tattooing, but we were really excited to talk to Daisy Foxglove as she has gone viral on TikTok for something really interesting. She's changing the game of cosmetic tattoos. My business is called Panther Cosmetic Tattoo. I do cosmetic tattooing, beauty, facials. I'm a skin specialist. I do more like literally semi-permanent stuff like lash lifting, brow lamination, etc. But the vast majority of what I do is brow tattooing, lip tattooing, eyeliner tattooing, and then also freckles. The main thing that's blown up on my TikTok has been the freckles and the uh, Zodiac Constellation freckles, which is where people get their star sign tattooed as freckles across their face. It's really, really subtle. It looks bonkers when it's first done, but it looks really, really subtle when it heals. When you started in 2019, do you think that the cosmetic tattoo industry had already sort of advanced? There were massive improvements by the time I was training and it was actually fascinating because the training college that I did my like that I did my training through have actually existed since about the 1970s um, and their CEO and founder like it's her mum that started the company so they've sort of taken it all the way from work that looked absolutely horrendous right the way through to the modern techniques that we have so that was a really amazing way to train actually have you seen a lot of people coming to you who regret getting permanent makeup well i offer um cosmetic tattoo removal in my studio as well i don't use lasers i use a tattoo machine and we like tattoo a removal solution so i do see a lot of people come through who regret getting it done usually that's because they weren't able to speak up and advocate for themselves with their artist their artist didn't make them feel comfortable to say what they actually wanted Um, and then some people were misled as to how long the procedures would actually last like well how long the results would last i guess in some cases it can be semi-permanent i had my eyebrows microbladed back in, I want to say 2013 or 14, and there's absolutely no remainder of them there now. Um, So if I wanted them done again, it would be considered a completely new procedure. So it absolutely can be semi-permanent, but for the vast majority of people, it isn't, which is why I like to steer away from that kind of language. When you're offering your services, what is the sort of list of um, procedures that you'll do? And is there any that you advise against or that you wouldn't do? I do a lot of stuff. So I do everything that I do is made with a machine, which I'll circle back to in a minute. So I do brows, lips, eyeliner, and freckles. 
Um, and there are a couple of things that I would never do. The first one being concealer tattooing. So that's like under the eye concealer tattooing. And the other thing that I would never do is microblading, which is manual cosmetic tattooing. I have watched the TikTok where you described about the cosmetic um, concealer and how it has a high concentration of titanium dioxide. So yeah, basically, and this is the same in body tattooing as well. This is all tattoo pigments, all tattoo inks, whether it's cosmetic or traditional light colors. So any white, like white pigment is basically just pure titanium dioxide, but also really, really, really pale pinks, really pale peaches and any skin toned pigments obviously until you're thinking more about melanated skin it is actually safe to do concealer tattooing on melanated skin i still wouldn't do it because that doesn't give people the option to tan um or like literally if you get it done in summer when you're a bit more tanned and then during the winter you're going to look even like well like not worse because there's no such thing as better or worse but bags under the eyes are then going to be more exacerbated yeah. Back to the titanium dioxide, any really light pigment is absolutely full of it. And what happens then is that it's going to look good for a few months maximum. People talk about it all the time with white ink tattoos, which were really popular for a while about five years ago. Same thing. It looks very, very yellow, very, very chalky under the skin, and it can often sit quite high in the skin. So titanium dioxide, white ink tattoos often get very raised um, some people really like that look when it comes to a white ink tattoo because it can look like scarification without going through that process. However, for a cosmetic tattoo, people are usually getting them for beauty and self-esteem purposes. So if you've got an insecurity that you were trying to cover up, it's then magnified massively by the fact that the pigment looks really, really chalky and strange on top of the skin. You mentioned as well in your TikTok that when you want to get it laser removed, that it actually turns up black. Um, oh, yes, it totally does. Um, and that's the same as well with lip tattooing. Um, certain lip pigments contain heaps of titanium dioxide. Anyone who knows what they're doing is going to steer clear of that, but everything is going to have a teensy weensy little bit of it. So titanium dioxide turns black under laser. It can then be removed once it's turned black. You can keep going and having laser sessions. And the science behind it is that eventually it is going to completely come off. I've never seen it successfully done. The thing about that is that then a person, once again, who's had the work done to correct an insecurity to make them feel better about themselves, now has black pigment either under their eyes, over a scar, or on their lips. How would you use social media to enhance your business? I wouldn't have a business without social media. Um, when I first started, I got pretty much 100% of my clientele through Instagram. TikTok took off by accident. I had had, I think I really happily and consistently sat at about 1,500 to 2,000 Instagram followers for the business for like 18 months of like 30 stories every single day. Uh, beautifully watermarked curated feed every single day and then I started posting idiot stuff to TikTok and putting no effort into it and suddenly I had 10,000 followers and then 50,000 followers and then 100,000 followers and 
blah, blah, blah. So um, a lot of my business is word of mouth now, but those mouths that started the word of mouth all came from socials. So I'd be, I'd be effed without it. I'm sure I can't swear on your podcast, but I wouldn't be anywhere without it. When we were looking at cosmetic tattooing, I mean, just researching it, that's what set you apart from other people was definitely the constellation um, freckles. Had you seen that done elsewhere before or is it something that you'd come up with? I was positive that I came up with it. There is one woman in America, I think she's in Portland, Oregon, because of course, Constellation Freckles would originate in Portland, Oregon if it didn't with me. Um, There is one woman who's absolutely convinced that she was doing it first, and I think she was, but great minds think alike. Um, I've seen it very, very frequently since, um, but I hadn't seen it before. What um, what drew you to that? Are you someone who's into astrology? I am into astrology, actually. I recently spent, my, my husband and I have been together for nine years and he's like not into any woo-woo spiritual <laughs> hippie crap and I'm very into it all. And I recently spent about four hours sitting down on the couch, like dot point by dot point explaining to him why astrology is real. So I am... Um, a big astrology person, but I also honestly just thought it'd be a really cool, fun way to do freckles. Um, when I first started doing the constellation freckles, I was the only person in my city doing freckles at all. So I thought that it would be a really great way to stand out even more and gain even more of a clientele. Um, now there's a lot of people in my city that do them, but yeah, I don't know. It was just born from, my husband's a visual artist. So honestly, maybe he came up with it, but it popped into my head somehow. Um, and it's gone really, really well. Um, have you had people travel from like really far to come and get cosmetic tattoos? I have actually, it's been really, really cool. So I'm in Brisbane, uh, which is in a state called Queensland in Australia. And I've had people travel from New South Wales, which is our neighboring state. The furthest that I've had, and also from North Queensland. So the furthest that I've had anyone specifically travel, I think was about four hours. But in, I think it's two weeks or three weeks, I've got someone traveling from Sydney and that's 900 kilometers away from where I live. (laughs) I also saw that you try to keep your business vegan and eco-friendly. How do you do that? What sort of products do you use? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you so much. I'm really passionate about veganism. So thank you for asking. So it's all about where I source my products from. Recently, one of the major lash lift suppliers in Australia released a vegan line, which was great. But prior to that, I had to import um, lash lift products from the UK. But it's all about researching ethical suppliers to me. I don't typically go through cosmetic tattoo suppliers. I go through traditional tattoo suppliers. The traditional tattoo suppliers are really communicative. Like call the dude that works at industry tattoo supply and you say, I need everything to be vegan. What can I have? Mm -hmm. Eco-friendly is harder because tattooing uses a lot of disposables, but I've been able to source a lot of stuff. All of the cotton tips that I use are made from cardboard rather than plastic. The pigment cups, I've been able to source, like I think it's bamboo pigment cups, or they might be cardboard, I don't know. Um, Biodegradable machine bag covers, just trying to make everything biodegradable at least feels like I'm contributing less waste to the world. So what are some of the really specific procedures that you'd offer? Yeah, so that's called paramedical tattooing. 
Um, some body tattooers do it. Some cosmetic tattooers do it. A lot of the time, what you'll see with paramedical tattooing is areola reconstruction, which is a really beautiful, brilliant thing for trans people who've had top surgery and then also people living with breast cancer who've had mastectomies or who've had loss of pigment color due to radiation therapy, stuff like that. So that's the main paramedical tattooing that you'll see. The main paramedical tattooing that I do is, like you said, correcting asymmetry, particularly on the lips. Um, the way that you do that is sort of, you know, you'll even something up by taking something up two millimeters on one side and down two millimeters on the other side. So it's more so that it's creating the visual illusion to the naked eye. So I do a lot of um, scar cover-ups in brows. Brow scarring is way more common than I would have ever anticipated. A lot of scar correction for brows. There's also um, the scars that people can get from having hair lip surgery. Even though that uh, I guess the surgical technology has come leaps and bounds even from when I was a kid. I remember you'd see people with hair lip scars that were quite obvious. They're a lot less obvious now, but there is still a lot of pigment loss. So what I would do in that instance would be give people the choice of either matching it to their specific natural lip color, or they can pick an entirely new color and have a really fun pop of color for their tattoo. That's great. I also have seen that you have tattooed yourself. What has the process of cosmetic tattooing been like for you? What are the benefits and what's the healing process like? Oh, yes. I, I do tattoo myself. I'm a pest for tattooing myself. <laughs> um, I do my lips and my freckles. Freckles, honestly, like there's been no benefit for it apart from that I've always wanted freckle tattoos. Yeah. The lips actually though, my natural lip color is a really weird bluey purple sort of color. So for me, that's been a huge one self-esteem wise because first I tattooed them to be a really natural pale pink color so that I could just look more alive, I guess. But then recently I took them to like an even bolder color, which has just been fun. Healing them for me is not great. I am a person who gets cold sores. I've got them since I was a baby. Any trauma to the lips, getting your lips injected, getting your lips tattooed, I assume getting your lips pierced even, any trauma to the lips if you are a person who suffers from cold sores, you're going to get cold sores. It feels a little wind burny and a little sunburny. Then they flake. Then your lips feel quite like your lip tissue feels quite thick for a few days, anywhere up to a week, depending on your metabolism. And then they literally feel, look and behave like normal lips, just a different color. People who get um, lip fillers and then want to get cosmetic tattooing, in which order should they get them in? I get asked this all the time by my clients. Like that's the main question that they ask me. It actually really doesn't matter. Um, as long as you leave two weeks either side of it, it doesn't matter at all. With the um, freckles, because they are so dainty and small, um, I know with like traditional tattooing with small and dainty tattoos, you sometimes have to get them retouched. Um, is that the same case with the freckles? You have to get them retouched every like couple of months or years? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. I typically do mine about every six months, but I'm not ever going over the same freckles that I had before. I'm kind of just adding more to them so that they fade out really naturally and there's lots of varying tones. 
Um, more often than not, I'll do a touch up at around the six to eight week mark because freckles are really, really delicate to heal. If you, like, if one's itchy and you scratch it off, you're pretty much going to pull all of the pigment out. And especially if you've got a constellation for a sentimental reason, you want every single dot. So I'll do more like six to eight week touch ups than I will touch up the same ones months and years down the track. When that happens, people usually just want more. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And a big thank you to our guests, Dana and Daisy, for joining us. Um, Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at underscore shift London. And we hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.